Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Dylan Holman, and joining me is seasoned trader Henry Ward, who has over 10 years' experience in the markets. Hello, everyone. How are you? The podcast has a simple format, which we'll see us talking about the top three financial stories in the news. This week, we're looking at Salesforce, Cineworld, and the New Zealand dollar. First things first, though, Henry, how's your week been? Well, the week's been pretty good. Can't complain. We have had a massive run on Tesla over the last couple of days. It's been really, really good. They're getting inauguration onto the S&P. That will be happening very, very shortly. So it's been going really, really well. Then we have the likes of the IPO on Airbnb coming up on the, on the 9th. So it'll be able to be traded on the 10th on, on eToro. So yeah, it's been, a, it's been a, a good week and it has looks like there's a little bit more to go. Okay, well, let's crack on with the topic one then, which is Salesforce. Now, a lot of investors might know this, but they are looking to acquire the remote working messaging service Slack, which I know a number of companies use as kind of a way to keep in communication with each other. So how has the market responded to this news? This is a hard one because it looks like it's a win-win situation for the likes of Salesforce, but investors seem to disagree um, with this acquisition. And the stock, uh, on the day that that was announced, it, it dropped 10%. And on the day of the acquisition, it, and it, it, since the acquisition, it has now dropped another 20% from the high on the 20th of November. So it, it's a strange old situation with the likes of, with the likes of Salesforce. From the outside, it seems quite a good collaboration because Salesforce is obviously used by probably most salespeople across the country. Um, And then to add a messaging service which can be integrated into Salesforce, well, I presume that's what they would be looking to do anyway, seemed almost like they're going to have a a similar proposition to the likes of Microsoft with Microsoft Teams and others. Well, yeah, absolutely, 100%, 100%. But it, it's one of these things that we're looking into it is that is Slack hasn't been a massively profitable company, okay? So you have something that's massively profitable like Salesforce. And as we can see in 2020, it's about monetizing tech, okay? And that, that's why tech is, has, has gone on from strength to strength. So, and that's one of the things we, we've learned over this, this pandemic is just monetizing. And once things are monetized, it doesn't matter how bad a pandemic gets that people can actually use it. But Slack hasn't been massively profitable. And if we look at Slack from its IPO, it has just become profitable in the last week or so because of the merger talks with um, Salesforce. You mentioned how Salesforce's um, share price has dropped when the announcement was made. But also, haven't they just um, announced their quarterly earnings? Yeah, absolutely. They, 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 they announced their earnings and they also announced the murder at more or less the same time. And, and then we've seen this, we've seen this bit of a drop over the, over the market. But once we look at the earnings, the earnings have increased and earnings increased by 20% compared to the same quarter in the previous year. Analysts were expecting uh, $525 billion, but the earnings share have rose 132% year on year to one point seven four 
whereas analysts previously were looking at uh, 0.75 per share. So that is a huge, huge jump. That's a jump of 132% in what the analysts were expecting year on year to what's after happening so far. So far. And in addition, sales forecast for the entire physical year has been increased to 21.1 billion, but the stock has dropped 10%, even though the earnings have gone up by 132%. So that then points to one thing is that the Slack merger that a lot of investors are looking at and going, hmm, not so sure about that. <laughs> yeah, so if all the analysts and the stock price is kind of suggesting that people don't believe that this is a good merger, what is it about Slack that Salesforce is so interested in actually going ahead with this deal? Just because someone doesn't agree with it doesn't necessarily mean that it, it's bad merger, okay? So, and whether it was a good time to invest or, or not, you know what I mean? But the Slack's price rose from the IPO to, to $40. So it's one of these things that we need to look into why it has dropped and why it has jumped. So if we look at the likes of Salesforce itself, Salesforce has dropped about 20% since the merger. But if we look at the likes of Slack, Slack has had a massive jump. Slack has had an 83% jump since the, the merger was announced. Wow. Yeah, in, so, yeah, so in what sort of time period is that then? Literally in a week, in, in literally four or five days, it's jumped 80, 83%, which wow. means that Slack has now gone above the IPO price. And for the first time, it's gone above the IPO. So what's after basically happened is that there's a rich, rich sugar daddy after coming along and looking to invest in you. So a lot of people have, have jumped in on Salesforce expecting Salesforce to jump. Uh, where we should have been looking at is the looks of, of Slack because their stock price was much cheaper. And if we look at this, Slack is a much smaller company than Salesforce. And with Salesforce's power and with their the monetization, if they were able to monetize this, this is a win-win situation for both parties. And it'll only time will tell whether it is something that we can, we can actually see a jump but for investors, um, Salesforce wouldn't have been the one that we're looking to invest in. Slack would have been the smart choice. Is this quite a typical route when a merger happens that the smaller party in the deal has more to gain than the other way around or just a case-by-case -case situation? But it is, it's a case-by-case -case situation. So for instance, the two companies are keeping the stocks on the, on the stock market, whereas a lot of companies and mergers, then they merge the stock together, and which they will do is pay a cash dividend to people, whether it's a plus or whether they give you more stocks. Whereas in this particular scenario, they're actually keeping both stocks on the, on the market, which means then that we have seen a massive spike then on the likes and Slack instead of Salesforce. And so what do you expect to happen then? Um, are, would you be looking at Slack, Salesforce, or a little bit of both? Well, it, it comes down to which, which one you think has the more upside. Now, I'm in Salesforce since the, the last time I was on the podcast. I'm in it for the last three or four months. And, and I actually want to drop back, want to drop that 20%. I'm looking at this going, ooh, it's a nice little, little area to jump back in. So I've literally bought some more on the pullback of this. So for me, it, it's actually a really, really good thing, which means then I'm getting Salesforce at a 20% discount. So I went shopping. Okay, well, let's move on to topic two then, which is Cineworld. 
Um, now, obviously, this is one of the major players in the cinema game. Um, had a very tough year, should we say. Um, obviously, having to close down their cinemas, no one being able to watch films there. But they also had, I guess, for the probably for the first time, the likes of Warner Brothers actually making the bold stance of saying that they won't launch their new films in cinema, but instead they'll stream it directly to people in homes. Yeah, this this is this is only going to get more and more feasible for people, more and more feasible because wasn't wasn't the biggest one Hamilton. So they went out and paid huge money for Hamilton, and then they they started streaming this in the first lockdown. So that was that was on that was on Disney Disney Plus. So then you have people buying the subscriptions and stuff like that. Whereas now Disney have had a test case in that area, so now they'll probably continue to do that. And then you will have the likes of these other streaming companies will then come into instead of it going into the cinema we'll actually put it on there whether it likes Netflix the likes of um, Amazon Prime Apple TV they will all come into there and, and actually buy the rights rather than put it on their put it in the cinema which means then a lot of the blockbusters will potentially be subscription services on the likes of any of these pay-per-view networks yeah I saw um, an article actually recently where some of the latest films to be released will actually be dual released so partly on cinemas but also on streaming on the same day so that seems to be the next phase of this and I think that's kind of going to be where it's kind of moving forwards do you remember the days where I remember when movies used to be released in America first and then six months later they would come over to the UK yeah and if you were if you had a if you had a cousin or a friend that was in America you'd be able to get you'd have all the lads around you'd be able to you'd be able to send you over the, the recording of it and then oh yeah where it's filmed from the back of the <laughs> cinema and you see people get up with their popcorn oh yeah I remember those days <laughs> back 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 in the day but yeah no it, it that, that reminds me a bit like the Premier League the Premier League has always has always had its matches live and wouldn't stream them in the countries why because they were afraid that people wouldn't turn up to the fans so potentially this could have massively have a huge impact on the likes of Sydney world that if, if they're streaming and releasing on the same day would you rather go to the cinema or would you rather sit at home and watch it at home with yeah I, th- I think the cinema still has its place because it is a nice outing but I think they will lose a lot of market share to people just streaming it because it's just easier yep. um, but let's let's dive a little bit deeper into the numbers and so how's their share price um, looked over the last few months? Well, look, it, it, if we have a look at, at the Cineworld, the low of 2030, um, $20.30 was, it, was, in, was in November, but it announced the vaccine, which means that, so we, the 1st of November, we had the first vaccine that was potentially announced. And then it went from the low of 20.30 when it skyrocketed up to $70, which means that's a 212% return on investment. So if you're lucky enough to have gone in at the bottom of there, you're laughing now. But if you're someone who has been holding on to Sunny World for the last, for the last year, you're on the opposite side of that coin. You're still crying because your your investment has dropped three or four hundred percent. So yes, it is. It's had a nice little jump. All right, yes. Oh yeah, that is a big jump, especially considering what we've just been talking about. How films are going to be streamed from now on. So is that something that you expect will continue, or it's kind of had its moment now because of the um, the vaccines announcement? Well, one we've we've talked a little bit about where is that companies potentially going to stream it. Some companies are potentially going to do a fifty fifty where they're going to stream and then release. But once you look into the actual for stockholders, for people who are looking at card 
cold numbers. You have you have to look at two different things: is that Sydney World closed their doors; they literally closed up shop and and haven't let anyone in into their premises. Now to do this and keep the flood the, the company afloat, just did they borrow money? And two, will people mass turn up to a place where you're sitting down, there is potential of uh, someone in, in there have coronavirus, but will people come back in mass population? And the answer to both of those is, first one is, is yes, they did borrow money. And the second one is probably no, you will, you will have a huge amount of the population that won't do this. Yeah, I think it's going to take time for people to go back in the numbers that they would have gone to the cinema pre-corona. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I asked the question, did it borrow any money? If you look at the likes of Cineworld, Cineworld at present moment are in 3.5 billion in debt. Okay. And that's before the, the, the worst of the pandemic. That's before they close their doors. So for me, this is not a good trade to take. But you, are, you will have some people who will jump in and, and, and take profit. But if you're someone who has already jumped in and had a 212% return on investment, well done. But is this a long-term trade for me? Absolutely not, no. Okay, well, let's move on to our final topic, which is the New Zealand dollar. Um, I don't think we've actually talked about the New Zealand dollar before on the podcast, so it's a first for us. What's been happening um, with this currency? Yeah, no, the New Zealand dollar is something that, I, that I've had a couple of cameo roles at, at the beginning when you've asked what's, what's, what's going on in the market. But um, I've traded this quite extensively over the last two to three months. I've had some really, really nice entries on it. Um, the last trade I took on it was Euro NZD and it was, I took a five to one out of it. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know what that is, is if I, if I risked, um, say, 100 quid, I took out 500. Or if I risked 1,000 pounds, I hit five, my take profit was 5,000 pounds. But you're so very I, big on only ever risking 1% of your portfolio at a time rather than just chucking it all on. Oh, absolutely. And, that, and that's the difference. Is it's, I'm someone who will trade, who will trade, uh, doesn't matter whether it's stocks, FX or crypto, with as much leverage as I can get. Why? Because I'm still only going to lose 1% of my accounts because I have my stop loss in place. And for, for those of you who don't know what a stop loss is, a stop loss is either a monetary or a, a points on the chart that we're exiting if things go wrong. And on any of my trades, it's always 1% of my capital. And if you don't know what those things are, then you can always uh, go to one of your trading courses. That was a nice little segue there. I'll, I'll take that one. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> By going to Google, putting in eToro Trading School. Oh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so New Zealand dollar has been one of the strongest currencies this last month. But, but why is that? You say the last month, but we look back since February, been stronger than the US dollar. And it has continued that momentum in much the same, the same trend. It's literally gone on from strength to strength. And one of the reasons is because the New Zealand bank reduced interest rates and they have cut it down into negative territory in early 21, courtesy of the New Zealand economy ongoing resistance and resilience in the face of the coronavirus headwinds. And then furthermore, with the likes of the vaccine coming in, it, it's been on a strong recovery compared to most of the other countries out there. Yeah, the New Zealand economy, I think they've um, only actually had about 23 deaths because of COVID, which is pretty outstanding. Um, obviously, they've had pretty much full lockdown on trying to get there uh, unless you're a New Zealand citizen. But it's done well for their currency, that, that's for sure. They've only had 28 deaths of coronavirus. Which is obviously still a bad thing, but when you compare it to other countries, it's just an absolute snippet of what other, you know, sadly we've had elsewhere. 
Uh, absolutely. Whereas you have other countries that are that are have been losing the battle, whereas is, is New Zealand have been very, very um, on point with their trafficking, with their policing of this. And the nation itself has has adhered to the likes of the rules. Bloomberg took a, a quick poll and the global business leaders in October and a survey of 700 of them um, said that New Zealand is a nation that they would most confident investing in. They're very, very close to China and they're increasingly looking outside of, of the borders to stop people coming in with, with the likes of coronavirus, with, with stuff like that. So they're, they're policed massively. They have a pretty good trade agreement with the likes of UK and the EU. And so it's a pretty, pretty win-win situation for the likes of New Zealand's. Now, over the fourth quarter in 2020, New Zealand dollar has soared against U.S. counterpart to its highest level in the last two and a half years. So as, it, as we're going, it looks like it's a win-win situation for the likes of New Zealand. And anyone who has been trading New Zealand dollar over the last, say, three, four months, they've been doing really, really well. And this looks like this trend will continue. Why? Because it's this currency out there that has been more or less least affected by the pandemic. On the podcast, we normally um, talk about stocks, um, at least kind of 90% of the time, a bit of crypto thrown in there, but not really that much on uh, currencies. And so for kind of the, the newer investors, what's the main differences between trading the currencies market versus the stock market? Well, generally, uh, uh, all these currency markets are, are, are sideways, okay? So they generally are literally a sideways market. Why? Because um, inflation, because of, of governments, they're trying to keep it in a nice little area where it's not too expensive to, to do trade agreements with our countries, but then the people in the, in the country, then it's not too expensive for you to actually buy products buy houses, stuff like that there. So the, the government tried to keep us between this sweet spot, okay? So it means that the, the, the Forex market or the currency market is manipulated to try and keep it between two levels. Now, obviously, that, that's hard to do with the likes of the coronavirus, with the likes of elections in the US, with the likes of Brexit and GBP. It's, it's, it's hard to do that, but they tried to keep it in that little sweet spot, which means then that your savings are, are, are going well, the cost of buying stuff is not too much, and the cost of living is, is good. Now, also one of the big main things with the likes of this is that also you have to trade it as a CFD. It means that you don't physically own the underlying asset. So it always has to be a CFD that you're trading. And that's why working out a stop loss and making sure that you have amounts of money that you're willing to lose uh, at a particular trade and you're hoping that it goes in your direction. So they are the two main big differences between the likes of trading a stock or an underlying asset versus trading the likes of the currency market. When you're investing in a stock, you're only really caring about that one particular stock. But I guess another difference would be the fact that a currency is paired against different currency. And so you're not only hoping that one side will go up, but it's almost against the detriment of the other currency. Yeah, some, something that I do with, with every... So I, I do a watch list for, for a foreign exchange every Sunday. First thing I do is look for trend, okay? Make sure we actually have a clear direction. It makes a difference whether it's an up or a downward trend. We look for trend. But then once I start picking, uh, see what's on my list, I can actually work out which currencies are the strongest and which are the weakest. So the idea would be is trying to pair the strongest currency with the weakest. And that would then give you a higher probability trade in that particular direction once I get a nice entry. So yeah, you're absolutely correct. It's something that I do every single, every single Saturday for my, for my week ahead. 
Okay, and so when looking at the New Zealand dollar specifically? So the New Zealand dollar specifically, but if you are looking to get the weakest currency out there, has to be US dollar. So if you're trading as US dollar, you're laughing at the present moment. US dollar has been weak because of coronavirus because they have been impacted in the opposite direction. And also Trump has uh, pumped a lot of money into the economy, hasn't he? Absolutely. So what they've done is they put a stimulus package into keeping the stock market afloat and the bonds market keeping that running nicely and stuff like that. But theoretically, what he's done is he's diluted the value of the US dollar. So I I don't know how true it is, but I was looking at a stat there the other day that 20% of the money in the US market has been printed in the last year. So which means then theoretically, you've lost 20% of the value of your money over over the last year, even though the stock market has gone on from strength to strength. Great. Well, that's it for this week's three topics on the podcast. I ask you every week, but what's uh, the things that people should be keeping an eye on this week? There's a couple of things. There's obviously one, the Airbnb um, IPO. That's the big one that's coming up this week. And then the other one, I suppose, is a lot of people may not have noticed, but BlackBerry is still alive. BlackBerry <laughs> is... is um, I used to have a BlackBerry back in the day. I liked it. Yeah, we all had them back in the day. Um, but they are there's potential buyer and they're, they're potentially a merger at the minute. So that is something that is high in the topic list and what people are looking at at the minute. And I think there's been a little bit of buzz about that. So Airbnb and, and the merger with BlackBerry, they're the two that we probably talked about in the last week are, are most active in the next week. Okay, well, thanks for that. And thanks everyone for listening to this week's podcast. You can learn more about the markets, as we've already said on Henry's weekly webinar, which you can find out about by going onto Google and typing in eToro Trading School. Thanks very much, everyone. Hope you have a lovely evening. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.